Hello, dear friends. It's Carly, and welcome to another episode of the I Learned Podcast. I am personally logging into this episode uh, from my front yard in a little blue kiddie pool that is my very own, and it has sharks on the bottom, and it's a weekend day. It's a, well, it's a weekend afternoon. And that's what I kind of want to talk about right now is that like one of the best things I've learned, and this is even just recently within the last six months or so, that I want to be taking weekend time every single day. Every single day, I want to feel something like a weekend, right? Because like if we were to make a focus wheel and put weekend in the middle and then start drawing connections of like, how does a weekend feel? What's the point of a weekend? And the first word that comes to mind for me is freedom. That weekend and freedom, (laughs) they're like synonymous, you know? Um, I mean, I, I held down that software company job that like, you know, seven to four Monday through Friday type situation, um, for five and a half years. So I know about Friday. I know about looking forward to the weekend and I know about Sunday and I never called it this and I never really felt this extreme, but I have a friend who refers to it Sunday evening as the Sunday scaries because like, you got to go back to work tomorrow. You got to like have five more days of not weekend. And when I quit my job, December, 2016, my last job before I was an entrepreneur and owning my own business and making money based on what I chose to give my attention to day after day. Um, yeah, when I gave up being employed, Basically, every day was a weekend there for a while, you know, before Cecil K's manifested anyway, um, five months worth. And then what filled my days was my own business. And that was satisfying in a way that having a job really didn't ever get the job done for me personally. You know, some people really like knowing where their paycheck is coming from and the consistency that that provides. And like, there's all kinds of reasons to have a job and like it that way. And that's all great. I'm not one of those people. I feel like I give up a lot of my freedom when I have a job and I don't like that. I want to be free more than anything else, more than money, more than human connection. I, I need to be free. That is what I now understand to be my birthright. I believe that about myself and everyone, that we are all inherently free. We deserve that as far as like coming forward as humans. That is one of the, really the the only weapons uh, that we possess is our free will that we get to choose. We get to choose what we do and where we go and how we, how we show up to that place where we go. So yeah, I have learned that weekend time, having weekend days, should not be reserved for this like far off in the future place. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna campaign on the on the platform of weekend time every day. Weekend time every day. 
And that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm an early, early bird. And I think every single person is going to have to adapt this concept for whatever it looks like in your life. If you're a night person, it may not make sense to do the, do it this way. But hopefully this is some food for thought that gets you thinking about how can you build in four or five hours of weekend time to your life. And maybe it takes a while to get there. Um, but I do know, and this is me speaking from my own experience, I know that for me, getting there was a lot about appreciating it while I was there and really allowing myself to disconnect. I mean, there's a huge difference between resting while you are disconnected from the rest of the world, like really letting yourself exhale and release all the tension from your all of your different bodies. And laying in the bed fretting about everything you didn't get done today and everything you have to do tomorrow and all of these pressures weighing on your mind. If you're laying in the bed and that's what's going on, that's not rest. That's just anxiety. And they're, they're you know, at that point, that rest is not nearly as powerful as it could be. You know, like the rest where we truly disconnect, where we truly let ourselves off the hook where we truly get to relax, that is the rest that's powerful. So uh, I have prescribed to myself to have weekend time every single day. And most days when it's sunny out usually, and I'm not sunburnt from the day before, I like to spend it in my yard uh, on a lawn chair getting some sun in a kiddie pool that's, you know, I'm going to say eight inches deep, um, sitting in my yard, listening to music or a podcast or whatever. And I carve that time out on purpose. It's not something that is given to me. It's not something that is automatic. I'm choosing how I want to spend that time and I'm choosing how I want to invest it. And I've decided weekend time every day. That's the way I'm going to go. And it is, you know, especially pleasurable. I've been doing this. Last summer was my first summer of like getting the summer off. I mean, I was working like three days a week. So I had four days a week of just like getting to relax and recharge my batteries. And after a couple years of grinding at, getting Cecil K's open and then managing once it was open and getting it optimized. I I needed some rest. I needed that more than I needed anything else before I was going to move on to like any other soul fulfilling opportunities. I needed to like cool my jets and rest for a second and resting for a second. Um, how long did that take? I'm going to say like a year because it was July of last summer when I pushed the issue of we need to transfer the management of this store on to the next person who we've been preparing for this for two and a half years. So it's time. It's time to do that. And I, I, I was mad, which is funny to me now. I was mad about whatever it was that wasn't taken care of the way it needed to be taken care of. And I felt responsible and I realized, you know, closed loop shadow work kind of perspective there, I realized this is all a reflection of me. 
and I would not care like this. I would not be irritated if I was not still carrying emotionally the weight of this business. And I am ready. I am so friggin' ready to hand it over to the next guy who's standing in line, ready and waiting, and has been being prepared for this for two and a half years. It's time. And that was me putting my foot down. That was me announcing to the universe, to mass consciousness, I am ready. I am ready for whatever's coming next. I'm done with the experience I'm having right now, and I'm ready to move on. And for me, that gateway from one thing to the next thing was anger. I got really pissed off. And fortunately, I had like just started working with my life coach, Melissa, like a couple weeks before that, I want to say. And I told her, I'm like, hey, so, you know, this is the first time I'm taking you up on your in-between session support. You said I could message you. I'm messaging you because I am fucking pissed. I'm so mad right now. I am. My heart is racing. I'm hot. I am mad and I need help sorting through this so that I can find the productive message because I trust that this information is for me. This anger is for me. It's not happening to me like I used to think. It's for me. So what am I supposed to get out of this anger because it's making me sick? It's literally upsetting my stomach. So the very first message that she sent back to me, I absolutely love it to this day. I've incorporated these words into my vocabulary. You may have heard them. Uh, she was like, ooh, anger is so yummy. And pulling it all apart and unpacking it can be absolutely delicious to understand what's there for you. And she went on for several more minutes. <laughs> and oh my God, it opened up a passageway in my life that allowed me to, to let go of this business, to hand over management to the next person. And, you know, it's one thing to promote someone in title, to give them a title and to say that they're responsible for something. It's completely different to energetically let go of it to okay no but you stop being the one who worries about that and I feel like a lot of people go through that when they first start learning law of attraction um I know I did this was definitely a step along the way as I learned how to trust learned how to trust myself learned how to trust the universe you know I I personally listened to Abraham Hicks and they have lots of videos on YouTube. Just Google, just Google Abraham Kicks on YouTube, <laughs> right? Search it. Um, anyways, and enjoy all of their videos. But basically what they're getting at, I lost my train of thought. I think I'm going to get it back though. My dog started walking towards me and I got distracted. What they're getting at is that we are just the focusers. We're the, the leading edge of creation, for one thing. And what we focus on, whether it feels good or bad, either way, contributes to the expansion of this universe. And that's pretty cool. And that, you know, anything that we want, the second that we want it, you know, they're, the Abraham's very first book is ask and it is given because 
in their process, you ask, and immediately, literally immediately, instantaneously, source answers, the universe responds and acknowledges, yes, this is possible and you may have it. And I will begin working on it on your behalf. The, the universe says that immediately. And so every single thing that we've ever wanted, any of us individually or collectively, it's already done. The universe has it done. The universe has handled it. The universe has handled at least the beginning of it and is bringing together all of the massive pieces of whatever it is that you're wanting. But Abraham's key thing, and this is the latest title of the body of their work, is the art of allowing. And when she says allowing, she's talking about you letting it happen. Like the universe has done it. It's complete. But if you don't believe that, if you don't think you deserve it, if you don't think it's possible, if you talk yourself out of it, you personally cannot experience the reality that you desire. Which when she explained all of this to me, which is through those, you know, 15 minute YouTube videos that are all over YouTube, um, it just made sense. It just made sense. I mean, I know for me personally, I prefer to feel good. I like it when I'm happy. That That is kind of core, is that I prefer to feel good feeling emotions than bad feeling emotions. And her whole platform is that those emotions are leading you. That the things that feel good, that those are your road signs that are saying you're getting closer, you're getting closer, you're getting closer. To what? Like, what are you getting closer to? This is where spirituality differs from religion because you're getting closer to your own unique soul's intention for your life. You chose to be here. So why? Why did you do that? Why did you want to be here so badly that you made sure that you had a physical body and you have lived a whole life because you intended to do that? So why? Why are you doing that? That's that's a question that... Oh, you know, I has basically guided my whole life. Like I could feel from a very young age that there is a reason I'm here. And it's like walking into the next room for something and then immediately forgetting when you get in there what you came for. It's like that, you know, we get wiped. Our memories, our minds get wiped out. I think I just got stung by a bee, a little green bee. Oh, you guys, green bees. Wow. Wow. The last time I had a rendezvous with a green bee, it was amazing. Um, for one thing, it I was on a mushroom trip. I was, <laughs> that was, and I was walking around outside and I had a cup with a lid and this green bee landed on the lid of my drink and basically hung out with me for like an hour while I just walked around outside. Um, and I feel like we had a really spiritual connection, uh, this green bee and me. And so now I got another green bee and it stung me because it's so important that it got my attention so that I could tell this story because green bees are my grandpa, my, my grandpa Joe. And 
he passed away uh, five five years ago. It was May of 2016. Um, so you can see 2016 was kind of a rough year for me. I had a lot going on uh, depression-wise, um, but it also led to my ultimate awakening and the beginning, like day one of the rest of my life kind of deal. Um, so yeah, my grandpa Joe, he, he passed and I had my spiritual awakening like five weeks later. And he was the first one that I ever channeled, uh, like mediumship wise, as far as a, a deceased soul. Um, he came to me. This was even before my spiritual awakening. And he wanted me to represent him uh, as my grandma went in for this surgery that was like super scary. They found an aneurysm in her stomach, like in the aorta in her stomach or something to that effect. And she was going to have surgery to fix it. And it's hereditary, so we know that my mom and her sisters all need to get checked and see if they have that same condition, and that it could burst at any moment, and it would probably kill her if it did. And here's my grandma going into surgery, and my grandpa's not there because he died uh, the year before. And I, I guess that, I take that back, so it was after my spiritual awakening. Nine months after, in fact, it seems. Um, so <laughs> you see me doing time off the top of my head. Not always the best plan. My memory is not to be trusted. Let's just establish that right now. So the reason that this hit me so hard was because my grandpa, when I was like five years old, he got diagnosed with colon cancer. And then almost immediately afterwards, maybe even before, right? We, we just covered my memory, um, that <laughs> he basically got told that he's about to die. Like he, we can try to do surgery, but you have a few months to live like at best. And he, had the surgery and he died like 20 years later, 30 years later, something. Well, I'm 33. So 20, a long time. Anyways, you see time, math, not great. Um, but he lived a really long time after they told him that that's not possible. And he did. And so when he eventually passed, it felt very timely as far as like, I felt and this was before my spiritual connection. And so I really had no, no way to interpret what I was feeling, but it felt like I inherited his energy. And I didn't say that to anybody because how the fuck are you going to explain that? But then later that next year, when grandma went in for her surgery, it was like grandpa had so many surgeries, so many procedures, so many hospital stays at the end, he was in hospice and she was by his side. Like she was physically present through every freaking moment of that. He could not have been more supportive. The rest of the family too, but her, like she specifically, they had a marriage that lasted for five or six decades. I forget exactly how long they were married. So for her now, for, you know, the first time in a long time for her to be in the hospital and her to be going through a health scare and she's not, she doesn't have a partner like she's got to go through it by herself. And he came to me and he was like, you have to be there for her, for me, please, 
please, I cannot. This it's it's just hard to watch her knowing everything that she did for me, and I can't physically be there. And my grandma, while she was in the hospital, hopped up on all her pain meds, said that he visited her, and right now she's not doing very good, and she's really hopped up on pain meds, and he comes to visit her, and I know he does because he's there. He's so there for her, but he wanted me to make it extra physically clear that he was physically, that he's present. And he really wanted me to tell her, he wanted me to tell her, like, I'm here. You're not alone. Like I'm here and basically go hold her hand for him. And I'm like, I can't do this. I am such a spiritual newbie. I haven't even acknowledged yet that I am a medium. Let like, a, like I haven't even acknowledged that I'm spiritual, let alone a medium. So I can't do this. And he and I came to the compromise that I would, I would make bouquets of flowers to greet her when she came home from the hospital. And I ended up cutting like six bouquets of flowers out of my parents' yard and her yard and just put vases everywhere. Um, and that was the best I could do for him. And then like shortly after that, so that was April. And then uh, or that, yeah, that was April. And just a couple weeks later was when my cousin called and wanted me to help him start Cecil K's. And the whole entire time I was working on Cecil K's, especially before we ever went and took the keys to the building. I mean, there was like two months of business planning before we actually took possession of the building. In those two months of business planning and dreaming, I felt my grandpa with me like he ran his own successful business for many decades. It evolved through the decades to suit what he was able to provide and the demand that was there and the type of work that he wanted to do. He evolved so that he could do what he wanted to do. And he was with me. And there were times when I was writing that business plan where I could feel him with me. I could feel his knowing flowing through my fingers. And I'm reading back through the business plan going like, wow, I didn't write this, <laughs> but I did. And so it was really cool. It was very cool. And that mushroom trip that, you know, he came to me as the green bee. And I just loved that. I mean, he and I had several conversations that day. And it really cemented in my mind that he's with me. Um, and then just now, you know, I get stung on the leg. Just a little baby sting. It's just got a little tiny welt on it. Because um, those green bees, they're tiny. And I've asked a lot of people, and, like, they've never even seen a green bee. And I've only ever seen one twice in my life. And the last one was on a, mush a mushroom trip, and the second time is right now. So there's all of that story. I hope I hope that was helpful for you. Um, since then... I have received a handful, I don't know exactly how many, um, spirits, like as a medium, that have messages that want me to say something. And it's a very new skill, even though, I mean, this has been unfolding for years at this point, and by no means can I do it on demand. Like, I'm talking like five or six times in the last four years that this has happened to me. And they always have a specific message. And when I deliver those messages, the people cry and fucking cry and cry and cry. And I don't like it when people cry in front of me. So I'm going to have to learn how to deal with that. So I think that's all I have for right now. I'm going to get back to my weekend time here in my front yard in my kiddie pool with my beer 
and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day, sending you all the best vibes. Until next time, dear friend. Bye-bye.